Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at toxicity, a major block to evolution. Spiritual evolution is dependent upon a number of factors, all relating to frequency. The first factor is the ambient frequency bathing the planet from galactic influences. Ambient frequencies vary according to where we are astrologically and astronomically cycles in our relative positioning in the galaxy. According to Russian scientist Dr. Dmitriev, we are currently in an area of the galaxy containing highly charged particles. These particles are bombarding the leading edge of the sun's heliosphere, causing more plasma to form. The increase of plasma is bathing interplanetary space with more luminosity, thus raising the ambient frequency. This offers a unique opportunity to evolve. The next factor is a human's ability to channel these frequencies through their system in order to take advantage of the opportunity and evolve to a more enlightened state. This must take place on all four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. The greatest block to channeling frequency is toxicity on all four of these levels. Physically, we become very toxic due to the increasingly polluted environment. Our emotions have become bogged down with blocked, unexpressed feelings. Our mental capacity is compromised with false or limiting beliefs. And our spiritual realm has become disconnected due to the inability on the other three levels to channel the frequency needed in order to connect to all that is. With us this hour to address physical toxicity and what can be done about it is Dr. Joseph Pizzarno. Dr. Pizzarno is a world-leading authority on science-based natural medicine a term he coined in 1978 as founding president of Baster University. A naturopathic physician, educator, researcher, and expert spokesman, he is editor-in-chief of PubMed Index, IMCJ, treasurer of the board of IFM, board member of American Herbal Pharmacopoeia, and a member of the science board of Hectic Foundation Gateway for Cancer Research and Bioclinic Naturals author or co-author of five textbooks and seven consumer books, including the Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine and The Toxin Solution. He's been an intellectual, political, and academic leader in medicine for four decades. His website, drpizzarno.com. That's D-R-P-I-Z-Z-O-R-N-O.com. Joseph, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Well, thank you for the kind introduction. I enjoy and looking forward to chatting with you today. I, I am too. Now, granted, death is a form of its own spiritual evolution. So there's no point in um, considering evolution if we're so sick our life is at risk. Let's start there. You indicate environmental toxins have become a primary cause of most chronic disease. Could you give us some examples of that? Sure. So, you know, as a naturopathic doctor, of course, I've always been aware of the importance of good nutrition and avoiding toxins. Uh, so that's something I've, I've 
taken care of and helped with patients with for many decades. But in the last 10 years, I've noticed something fundamentally different from the time before that. And it seemed like about 10 years ago, maybe as long as 20 years ago, the reasons people have gotten sick are becoming different. In the past, I would say people were sick because of what I call the active determinants of health. So active is by defined by the things that people do. So for example, do you exercise? Do you eat real food? Do you smoke? You know, do you consume alcohol in excess? Those were the primary drivers of disease. But now we're seeing a great increase in what are called the passive drivers of disease. So as that is what is happening in our environment and our food supply that may be imperiling our health without us making conscious choices. So there's two areas of grave concern. Number one is our food supply. If you look at the trace mineral content of food now compared to just 50 years ago, I bet it'd be worse if we compared 100 years ago, but we don't have the data from 100 years ago. But just in the last 50 years, the trace mineral content of our food has decreased 50 to 75 percent. Isn't that from over? Is that from over farming? Yes, combination of over farming, uh, using synthetic fertilizers that provide nitrogen and, and phosphorus, but don't provide trace minerals, and also from choosing uh, cultivars that produce bigger, faster food, so that the food is big but it's diluted, so the nutrient content is actually more limited. So um, it's polluted and it can't take up the minerals that are even present? So that's a, uh, that's a somewhat different question, and uh, we can get to that. But it turns out that it appears that one of the reasons why herbicides like glyphosate are problematic is that they may, it may cause it to be more difficult for the plants to absorb trace minerals. So that may be part of the reason why we have the drop. So there's lots of reasons. So, of course, without trace minerals, our bodies can't work very well because our bodies are enzyme machines, and those enzymes require trace minerals. But there's an even bigger problem, and that is the body load of environmental toxins has gotten much, much higher. And that, that, that was re-brought to this when I started looking at diabetes. So I was in naturopathic medical school half a century ago. Diabetes was rare. It affected less than 1% of the population, and now it's 20 times more common. What happened? So I started looking at the research around diabetes, and of course the first thing that pops up is people who are obese have way more diabetes than people who are not obese. And everybody knows that. If you're obese, you can dramatically increase the risk of diabetes. But then I saw a study done by a researcher out of South Korea. Uh, her name is Ducky Lee. And she pointed out that obese people in the bottom 10% of bi-load environmental toxins have no increased risk for diabetes. I said, well, so, wait a minute. I'm sorry, would you mind clarifying the <laughs> yes. uh, bio load of neurotoxins? What, what are you talking about there? Okay, so if you look at the amount of metals and chemicals in the body that are non-nutritious, for example, lead is non-nutritious mineral in our body, whereas, of course, iron is a critical mineral in our body. They look at a lot of these, quote, man-made chemicals. These are new-to-nature chemicals that our bodies never had to deal with before, and it turns out they are very disruptive of our metabolism. So looking at diabetes. So I was looking at diabetes and seeing that obese people who don't have high levels of toxins like lead and arsenic and um, bisphenol A and things like that in their body, they don't have increased risk for diabetes. So I started saying, well, that's interesting. So let's look at people uh, at the highest levels of various toxins. So I look, for example, at people with the highest levels of organochlorine pesticides. And people in top 10% of organochlorine pesticides have eight times as much diabetes. Well, that was interesting. Then I started looking at toxin after toxin, seeing that the best predictor of diabetes was not the person's weight, but rather it was the body load of various toxins. So as I started looking at diabetes uh, epidemic, and I wrote an editorial on this about three years ago, where I laid out the research showing that it looks like the, most of the diabetes epidemic is due to environmental toxins, I then started looking at other diseases like cancer, like ADHD in children like um, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, particularly in women, like osteoporosis. And ap disease after disease, it turns out, the higher levels of toxins, the more disease a person suffers. What kind of studies did you have to do to figure this out? So I just looked in PubMed. So PubMed, as you may know, is the kind of the computerized database of all medical research articles. So you put in terms, like for example, you can do it yourself. <laughs> Anybody listens to this podcast, go to PubMed, put in arsenic and put in diabetes, and be amazed by what comes up. Wow, wow. So uh, how long have we had the capability to do that? So that actually is a really good question. 
So the PubMed uh, became uh, electronic about, oh, let me say this, about 30 years ago, I think it is. Okay, so it started becoming much, much easier to access uh, the data. But the data on this toxicity, well, there's been bits and pieces around for a while. It's really only been the last 10 years that researchers have changed from looking at industrial exposure as a primary source of toxins to instead looking at everyday exposure as a primary source of toxins. How, do they, know, how do they differ? I'm sorry. So in the past, uh, people would say, well, we only have problems with toxins for people working in industry. So for example, if somebody working in a battery manufacturing facility, oh, they're gonna have a lot of mercury or lead or things of that nature. Or if you have somebody working in a dental office, well, they're gonna have more mercury. Or you have somebody working, yeah, I can give you an example, somebody working in a, a plant that produces uh, perfluorinated hydrocarbons, like um, you know things like Teflon and Gore-Tex, things like that. Well, they're gonna have high level exposure to the fluorinated compounds. So it's always thought was, you only see toxicity if people are industrially exposed. But in the last 10 years, there's been a lot more research looking at populations, looking at those levels of toxins and populations that are not industrial exposed and show they have dramatic increase in disease. Wow. Is everyone toxic at this point to some degree? Ah, another great question. So um, one of the things I decided to do was to start looking at the research, compare people with the highest level of toxins load to people with the lowest levels of toxin load to see what their, what their increased risk of disease is. Well, right there, there was a huge problem. That is, we could not find any populations that don't have toxic load. And so when we compare highest exposed to lowest exposed, we're not comparing the highest exposed to not exposed. So it turns out virtually everybody has toxins. The only question is, what's the level of these toxins in a person's body, but also how does it match up with their genetics? Because for example, some people have genetics that they can smoke cigarettes from age five and live to 105 years old and not having problems because they have the genetics where they break down those carcinogens from the cigarette smoke very efficiently. Conversely, they may have a spouse who is exact opposite, um, can't break down those cigarette smoke toxins, and uh, they get oh, lung cancer even though they weren't smoking. We're going to have to um, pick up with genetics and all this fun stuff on the other side of a commercial break. Dr. Pizzorno and I will be back after this short pause. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, 
keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour, Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. His website, drpizzorno.com. Joseph, we were getting into the um, how genetics plays a large role in um, the toxic load we carry and how we respond to it. Um, does also what we grew up eating and what we grew up exposed to make a difference? Because I've certainly noticed that our older folk tend to live longer than our younger folk. So um, lots of interesting responses to what you just said. First off, um, for the first time in our history as a nation, life expectancy has started to decrease. Okay. So unfortunately, while we say uh, older people live longer, the reality is that uh, that's starting to change. And also, if you look at people age 65 or last 100 years, their increase in longevity has only been about two and a half years. So if you make it through childhood illnesses and through wars, uh, your actual length of life is not that much longer. And it's with a much, much heavier burden of chronic disease. So uh, thank you, modern medicine, for keeping people alive in life-threatening situations. But the reality is people are sicker and, and much less healthy. So how can a person tell if they're toxic? Ah, so I, I, there's one more piece I want to add to that. Uh, also, one of the problems with a lot of these environmental toxins, they're called persistent organic pollutants. So these are what are called the halogenated hydrocarbons, which means that oh, halogen, <laughs> yes. Okay. So halogen is fluoride or uh, bromide or bromine or chlorine are added to organic mo molecules. So what that does is it makes it a new to nature molecule and it's very difficult to break down. So as you look at people, as they get older, the level of these toxins build up in their body, even though many of these toxins have been banned, like DDT was banned 40, uh, 48 years ago, have I have the math right? No, it's 40, uh, 43 years ago. Anyway, so it was banned 43 years ago, but because it's persistent organic, which means it's hard to break down, as people get older, the levels in their body go up. And the same thing with lead. So, for example, as, as we grew up, uh, before we stopped putting lead into gasoline, people grew up in that er era, have a lot of lead exposure, it went into the bones. Then when people get into their 50s and start going through menopause and or andropause, uh, they typically lose bone. As they lose bone, those metals start leaking into circulation. So, so let, me understand, let me understand, if, you, if you're saying lose bone, that means that you're kind of reabsorbing it, breaking it down and reabsorbing it? Yes, right. Ah. So, uh, but, but you're losing it more quickly than you're rebuilding it. So because mm -hmm. you're losing it more quickly than you're rebuilding it, there's more of the lead coming out under circulation, which is causing problems for people. Yeah, lead can be pretty nasty, I understand. Yes. So um, you, you might say, well, how do you determine if you're toxic? So first off, if you're living in a city, and if you're eating conventionally grown foods, and if you are using standard health and beauty aids, and if you're using standard cookware, you are toxic, okay? Because all those things are contaminated. So if you live in the city, you're getting more, more of what are called particulate matter. Uh, now that, you, know, you see that diesel truck going down the road and that blue-black smoke coming out, 
And you look at that and say, well, that can't be good. Well, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> For example, if a person lives within 100 feet of a major road, they have a 50% increased risk of a heart attack. If they live within 100 yards, you know, football field of a major road, uh, they have a 15% increased risk of a heart attack from those diesel fumes. Uh, if look at health and beauty aids, health and beauty aids typically smell nice, and they smell nice because they have what are called phthalates added to them to stabilize the fragrances. Well, those phthalates block insulin receptor sites and they induce diabetes in people. Then if you look at the water supplies, 10% of the public water supplies in the US have arsenic levels known to be high enough to induce disease in humans. Okay, and by the way, only 50% of the water supplies have been tested or it could be only 50% have been reported because the arsenic problem is significant, it's common, and it's very difficult to deal with. Is it something that can be filtered out with a good filtration system or Correct. RO? So, uh, yes, so you, you, um, at this point, the only method I'm aware of that will get rid of it is what's called reverse osmosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem with reverse osmosis is that it's, it's expensive, but the, the good news is that it will get rid of the arsenic according to my understanding. So you can take your, your municipal water and then run it through an RO system in your home and have uh, drinkable water. Yes, but isn't that terrible that we have to do that? Our water supply should be pure and safe, and it's not. Well, yeah, at least we have water. Some people don't even <laughs> yes. have that, right? Yeah. Yes. You list neurodegeneration as a common indication of toxicity. Yes. What are the worst neurotoxins? Ah, great example. So it turns out uh, it's different for children than it is for adults. So in utero, if there are certain kinds of neurotoxins around, you end up with babies with lower, babies with lower IQ. So the most commonly used um, pesticides today are what are called organophosphate pesticides. Organophosphate pesticides work by poisoning the neurological systems of the insects. So why do we think they won't affect humans? Well, typically they'll say, well, humans are better at breaking down these toxins and or we're not exposed to as high level as insects. And I think that's true. But the problem is we're exposed to enough of it that causes trouble. So if you look at babies born to women in the top 10% organophosphate pesticide body load compared to babies born to women with the bottom 10%, these children have a seven point lower IQ even after you iron out all the socioeconomic differences with statistics. They're now so the three steps. That, does that indicate that the, um, the pesticides can go through, go through the placental wall? Absolutely, it goes to the placental wall, and when the baby's brain is developing, when it's developing in the environment of neurotoxins, it does not develop as well. Three studies have shown exactly the same thing. These children have a seven-point drop in IQ. One study followed these children for another seven years, they never got their IQ back. Okay. So we are basically progressively poisoning our whole society. Oh, that's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? Oh, it's just terrible. The things I've, I've been reading and studying are just terrible. Right, right. Folks, we got to wake up and we got to stop doing this to ourselves because we're 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 going to we're going to stop to exist as a species because it's not just the things like IQ, but also fertility. As you probably know, one out of four families or uh, couples now have trouble having children, and environmental toxins are a primary cause of why that's happening. Which ones? Okay, well, okay, so when we're looking at um, fertility, uh, I actually just gave a lecture on this uh, to the Integrative um, Fertility Conference in Vancouver, I guess it was April. And so I looked at it and broke it down according to what affects male fertility, what affects female fertility, what affects uh, fetal viability, and also what will cause IVF failure. So where they're you know, not able to naturally get pregnant, they try to do the artificial insemination, that fails as well, we have high levels of toxins. So it turns out it's different toxins are worse for each group. But let me give you one example that just stunned me. So we have a group of compounds called PBDEs, that's polybrominated diphenyl ethers. These are the compounds we add to clothing and to furniture to make it non-flammable. Well, okay, that kind of seems like a logical thing to do. If we have a fire, let's have people get less injured. The problem is if this gets into the men, and it does, and it gets into their seminal fluid, there's any PBDEs, there's seminal fluid, the sperm cannot fertilize an egg. So some mm. of these things are incredibly toxic. So you go to look at so the organophosphate pesticides, the bisphenol A, the phthalates, lead, mercury, arsenic, all these things decrease fertility. And we're in a situation now where we have so much of these things in our environment that the average person uh, is 
less fertile, uh, less smart, more disease risk. Uh, the, the list is long and scary. So we, I, I'd like to go back a little bit to diabetes. I, I find it pretty interesting um, because we've always thought diabetes had to do with obesity or a, a pancreas issue. But uh, I've lately been talking to the standard process labs, working with some of their docs there. And one of them said to me, it's actually a liver issue. Do you find that to be the case? So it can be a liver issue. So when we're thinking about, uh, so, so when we talk about diabetes, what we're really saying is loss of ability to control blood sugar. Okay. Now that can happen for a lot of reasons. So for example, it could be the pancreas, the pancreas not producing enough, producing enough insulin, which is what happens when people have arsenic in the water supply. Or it can happen at the cells when the cells are blocked with phthalates, so the insulin can't talk to the cells, so the pancreas has to overproduce insulin to get sugar into the cells, and the pancreas eventually burns out. And in the liver, there are a bunch of important hormones produced by the liver that are, help maintain blood sugar uh, stability. And if the liver is toxic, the, the hormones that are supposed to be secreting don't get secreted as well. So which are the worst toxins in diabetes? Ah, I, have a, I actually have a list. I should have brought that PowerPoint. Okay, um, so really high on the list is arsenic. Uh, I think, I'm not sure I'm ready to assert this for sure, but my initial assessment of the research with some, some of my research assistants is one out of four cases of diabetes may be due to arsenic. And then we've got bisphenol A, we've got phthalates, uh, we have, um, what was the other one I wanted to do? Oh, the organochlorine pesticides, all significant inducers of blood sugar problems. Good heavens. So can diabetes be corrected by dealing with the toxins that we've been discussing? So uh, that is my belief. And I'm actually working right now on doing a study uh, with the public health group that's interested uh, in basically taking a bunch of diabetic patients, put them on a detox program. Of course, it only take those who have high levels of toxins, put them on a toxin reduction uh, program and see if we can improve their blood sugar levels. I do know that indirectly there are a number of studies that have shown that when you do get rid of toxins, people's blood sugar levels uh, get under better control. But nobody's actually done this exact study the way I've described which is why I hope to do, to, to do next. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal. Well, we're going to have to take another break. On the other side, I'd like to get into, okay, so we're toxic and we've named the problem. What do we do about it? <laughs> so it is time for another short pause. Dr. Pizzorno and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 
1-800-800-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. His website, drpizzorno.com. That's D-R-P-I-Z-Z-O-R-N-O.com. Before we get into what we can do about toxicity, I have a few more questions about it. You list neurodegeneration as a common indication of toxicity. What diseases are considered neurodegenerative? So that's kind of a broad term. So um, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig disease, uh, Parkinson's disease. Uh, So all these diseases of brain dysfunction typically seen as people get older are indicative of brain degeneration. So uh, it, does that include neurological dysfunction as well, uh, the nerves yes. and everything? Yes. I would, I, would, I would take a pretty broad perspective on this and include everything. Do, do we see uh, a great increase in that as of late? Yes. We have a consistent increase in brain degeneration. And as I mentioned before, it starts with the children. Wow. What are the worst neurotoxins? So with, with children, as I said before, I would say organophosphates are the worst. For adults, it seems to be a little bit different. And the research is unclear at this point, but I'll tell you my own experience in dealing with people, older people having early dementia, I have found elevated levels of mercury and lead very, very common. So they got the lead from basically growing up with lead being the gasoline, and they typically got the mercury from having a mouthful of silver fillings, so-called silver fillings, they're actually 55% mercury, that mercury leaks, leaks into the body. So it gets stored in the bone, and then when the bone starts breaking down to, uh, too quickly, not being regenerated, then you get more uh, mercury and lead being released into the body, it appears. So the good news is I've had a number of people where uh, they were having early dementia, I found they did have elevated mercury and lead, I put them on a program to decrease the mercury and lead, and their dementia went away. It was quite remarkable. That is remarkable. It gives us hope, doesn't it? It does, uh, yes. What, what about our cookware? We have Teflon and, um, oh, for quite a while, I know when my grandmother's era, what were all the pots and pans made out of that's now considered so bad? Um, well, tup- tup- there is Tupperware and things like that. Right, the plastics and plastics. stuff. Just, yeah, Aluminum, is that, plastics, all of, yeah. all of it, yes. And that, that also affects um, the, being neurotoxins and getting into our uh, neurology and causing brain damage, if you will. Yes, it's, all these things yeah. can contribute to it. So what is safe? You know, so, as a housewife, what, what so would be you, safe? Yeah. So one of the questions you asked was, well, how do you get these, uh, our toxic load decreased? And the good news is that there's actually a lot we can do. So, for example, first off is you, got to, you just have to avoid the exposure. Don't let these things into the body because they're so hard to get rid of. So one way we determine how hard things are to get rid of is by looking at their half-life in the body. So in other words, how long does it take for the body to get rid of half of it? 
So the good news is things like arsenic, the half-life is only two days. So as long as there's not arsenic in your water supply and in your and you're not eating too much chicken or, or rice, then you're not going to have trouble with arsenic. But if you look at something like DDT, half-life of DDT is between two and ten years. Okay, so once it gets in, it's almost impossible to get rid of. So then we're looking at um, how to decrease, decrease people's low, body load of toxins. Number one is you just got to stop letting them in, which means only eat organically grown foods. Uh, when you're using health and beauty aids, make sure you use health and beauty aids that do not have uh, phthalates in them. Uh, when you're, I'm sorry, uh, have what in them? Phthalates. Phthalates, okay. P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, phthalates. So make sure they're low in phthalates. Uh, your water supply, make sure it's clean. You can check with the public health department to see if the water supply is clean. The cooking utensils you use at home, uh, they should not be, had not have these uh, perfluorinated non-stick compounds like Teflon and such, in, in my opinion. Uh, if you're going to store your food at home, make sure you store it in, in glass, not in plastic. Do you, you get the idea? <laughs> you can look at everything in your right. environment and say, are there low toxin choices that I can make? And the good news is that there are plenty of low toxin choices. So even, you know, the plastic bags that we store our food in, that mm -hmm. do those leach as well? And how about the plastic bottles we drink water out of? Yes, all those leach plastics. So we're drinking out of plastic bottles trying to get pure water and we're poisoning ourselves in the process. Yes. <laughs> Not to mention the planet, right? Right. I, mean, I hate yeah. to say it, but that's, that's what it looks like. It's, um, it's worrisome. I, I, seriously, I'm kind of my next mission in life appears to be telling people we've got to decrease our toxic load because if you don't get rid of the toxins, all the other things you do to promote your health are going to have much more limited benefit. Do do these increased toxic load, does that interfere with your um, um, balance, like say for instance in the gut of flora and fauna and candida and all that stuff? Uh, yes. Uh, that's, that's kind of a, an interesting area in that it's... Um, you might say in the process of uh, development at this point. Uh, it, there is research showing that the certain kinds of viral toxins will change the flora of bacteria in your gut to a less um, preferable version. There's, but the, uh, probably the more worrisome part is that if you've got the wrong kind of bacteria in your gut, when your liver tries to get rid of a toxin, uh, one of the key ways it does it is through something called conjugation. What that means is that you get this toxic molecule you bind it to another molecule, like sugar, for example, or glutathione, or, the, or amino acid from your proteins. And that neutralizes, neutralizes it, and the liver dumps it out into, into the gut to get out through with the stools. If you have the wrong kind of bacteria in your gut, it will break apart that molecule that was made non-toxic by the conjugation, break it apart so that's toxic again and gets reabsorbed into the body. Oh my goodness, how much does that have to do with leaky gut? Def, definitely contributes to leaky gut, no question about it. You know, one thing that I hear over and over and over again is, is you know, you've got to deal with the gut issues before anything else can work. It, are you of that mind, and how do you do that? <laughs> so my uh, newest book for consumers is called The Toxin Solution, and I say to people, you know, the, the whole idea about doing detoxification has become very popular, but you don't want to do a detoxification protocol until your body is ready for it. And so I say, to get your body ready for it, you've got to clean up your gut, got to clean up your liver, got to clean up your kidneys. And once those are functioning the way they're supposed to, now you can go on a detox program. Uh, and so, it, and as you said, it all starts with the gut. So how do you address the gut to start out with? The approach I take is multifactorial. And that is, first off, I want to make sure that we don't have any um, bad bacteria in the gut. So the way I get rid of the bad bacteria in the gut is by giving people golden seal. So golden seal is an herb that's been used for a long time for infections. And what's interesting about golden seal is that it kills off the toxic bacteria like Clostridium and such, but it leaves a good lactobacilli alone. So I kill off the toxic bacteria. Now while doing that, I also make sure they take a lot of fiber because as you kill off the toxic bacteria, they're releasing all their poisons into your bloodstream. So you want to you make sure you're absorbing them with fiber and things like that so you don't get absorbed into the body. Then we want to reseed with healthy bacteria, probiotics, uh, wide broad strain probiotics. We also want to get them prebiotics, which are foods that the healthy bacteria prefer to eat. And then finally, we want to use nutrients to promote the regeneration of the gut. So uh, supplements like uh, um, 
Glutamine will help promote regeneration of the gut. Uh, fat, uh, um, uh, fiber, what I call median chain uh, fatty acids, all these things will promote regeneration of the gut. So it sounds like this could be a fairly, um, I mean, you could go into a healing crisis if you start trying to detox when you when you don't know what you're doing. Do you recommend that people are under the care of a, of a doctor while they do this? So it depends. Um, if a person is pretty sick and pretty toxic, you should go to somebody who knows what they're doing because if you get things going, lose, you might say you start, have your tissue start releasing toxins before you're able to get rid of them, you're likely to really run, run to some pretty significant trouble. Okay, so yes, for somebody like that, you must work with somebody who knows what they're doing. Now, having said and, that, the, uh, it's also if you have people who are uh, not so toxic, then they can just read my book and follow, those, follow the directions there. You mentioned um, foods that uh, were probiotic that gave, gave the, the good bug something to grow in. What yes. ones are those? So Jerusalem uh, uh, artichokes, for example, uh, is a good source. Uh, your whole grains are a good source except for wheat. I, I don't recommend wheat for most people. Uh, so anything with, with uh, what are called fructooligosaccharides will help out. Now, there are some people who have something that's called uh, SIBO or you know, small bowel bacterial overgrowth. They have to be careful about using uh, these things. So if they get a lot of gas after using these prebiotics, then they have to work on cleaning up their gut a little more first. Got it. So you have to put everything in order, huh? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How can you tell if your your intestines are out of balance as far as the uh, candida overgrowth and parasites and toxicity and all that fun stuff? <laughs> well, let me give a general term first. Old-time naturopathic uh, adage. Uh, disease begins in the gut. Okay. So if you're sick, if you're chronically sick, you probably have a bad gut. I'll just be blunt about it. I've tested so many people to check out the status of the gut, and I will say to you very clearly, a toxic gut is extremely common. So right there, number one is you got to clean up the gut. How do you test for that? My favorite method is a test called the Obermeyer test, also known as the Inkin test. So it's a pretty cool test. I used to, do, used to do this in my office all the time with my patients way back when I was in primary practice, primary care. And you take up some of the person's urine, you mix up with some chemicals in this little kit called the Obermeyer kit, and it turns bright blue in proportion to the level of toxins in the gut. Then as you put a person on a detox program, you know it works because the urine gets clearer and clearer to when the gut is totally clean, uh, the urine test is now totally clear. Oh, uh, fantastic. Quite, quite <laughs> well, we'll need to take another break here. Dr. Pizzorno and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xedbn.net You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. 
Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. His website, drpizzorno.com. Dr. Pizzorno, we were talking about going into a, a detox, um, starting with the gut. Um, do you see people going into what we call a healing crisis when they do this? Absolutely. <laughs> so the, the healing crisis is quite fascinating. And it's something I talk with my students about. So when a patient, you're treating a patient and um, they get worse. So the question is, when they get worse, is it? Uh, the body is going through a healing crisis, which is typically a massive detoxification process, or uh, is there something else going wrong and there's something wrong with the patient, you're simply missing it, and you're calling a detox, you're calling a healing crisis, when in reality it's a disease crisis. Okay, So it, it takes some effort to know which, is, which way it goes. So what I tell the students is when you put a patient on a detox program and they uh, get worse for a while, what you want to do is watch what happens. And so make sure to get good nutrition, make sure you get the toxins out. And if indeed you're on the right path, after a few days, and they go through kind of the worst of the reaction, they start feeling better. And the way to determine if your treatment is curative or suppressive in nature is, after you're done taking care of the patient, are they healthier? And what I mean by that is not only do have their symptoms of their particular disease or discomfort gone away, but are other things working better in the body as well? Conversely, as oh, the patient says, yeah, my blood pressure's down, but boy, I feel crappy. Well, it's like the same thing as, you know, the surgery was a success, but the patient died. It's like you have to look at what happened to the totality of the patient, not just the particular symptoms or the particular lab test that you're looking at. So do you have a particular uh, detox protocol to prepare people outside of the one you're talking about? So, yes, that's what's in my book, The Toxin Solution. So I just talk about, okay, we are talking about how to clear up the gut. Now, how do you clear up the kidney, the liver? We clear up the liver by doing things like making sure all the nutrients needed for liver function properly are there, but also use things like cologogs and such, which help clear out the liver so that it can be more functional. And the same thing with the kidney. And it turns out a lot of the trouble with the kidney function is that in many ways, the kidney is just kind of like the last bastion of protection against toxins. And if it can't get rid of the toxin, it stores them. Example being cadmium. So people who smoke have higher levels of cadmium, and people who eat conventionally grown soybeans also have higher levels of cadmium. Matter of fact, this is a big enough problem that 20% of osteoporosis in women 
is due to cadmium. So when you look at the kidneys, it turns out one of the limiting factors in the kidneys get rid of toxins is poor blood supply to the kidneys. So as people get older, the arteries harden, they start getting uh, smaller, the blood pressure goes up. Well, blood pressure is going up as an indication that there's not enough blood supply going to the kidneys. So it turns out there's a number of natural um, remedies people can use to help improve blood supply to the kidneys so they can then get rid of toxins more effectively. So for example, um, beet juice, beetroot juice. Beetroot juice uh, is very good at increasing what, I'm sorry, what kind of juice? Beetroot. Oh, beetroot juice, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are just beetroots themselves, eating beets. Beets have high nitrates that cause dilation of the blood vessels going to the kidneys. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so the, what's the order that you go? You go gut, then liver, then kidneys? Correct. Okay, that makes sense. And, and by the oh, way, this is different than what I used to do, okay? So, you know, okay. again, you know, I've, I've been involved in medicine now for half a century, so I've had a chance to look at a lot of therapies over time to see what happens with people. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, when I was seeing patients uh, in private practice, I was not seeing much kidney problems. Now kidney failure is a major epidemic. You know, what's happened to us? It's just another example of how we've basically poisoned our environment and breaking our bodies down. It's, that's, it's scary. I mean, so many things yeah. are becoming epidemic, really. Yeah, things become epidemic. Now, I've got a tough one for you. Do you think we need to treat toxicity on all four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, in order to heal? And when I say spiritual, I mean energetic, not um, religious. Absolutely. As I tell my students, so a patient comes in to see you, and you physically help them fix all the problems, but they get sick with something different. You fix that, they get sick with something different. Okay, when that's happening, the person has a spiritual problem. Because if you have a spiritual problem, I don't care how hard you work on the body, you can make yourself get sick. And, and, and it's not just, and, and the spiritual side, it's also the thinking side. So what people think, what they believe, has a huge impact on their health. Let me give an example. So a woman came to see me, a 30-year-old woman, she was a nurse, and she was um, diagnosed with a condition called renal artery atresia. So what happens here is that they get a bunch of scar tissue around the arteries going to the kidneys. So kidneys think there's not, not think there's not enough blood in the body. So they start um, absorbing, causing them to absorb a lot of water, blood pressure goes through the roof, and the intervention at that point was surgery to remove the damaged kidney. It's familial. So this woman's uh, sister had this condition, super high blood pressure, went to doctors, they diagnosed it, had her scheduled for surgery, they took out her kidney and her blood pressure went back to normal. So of course, being a nurse, she said, well, if my sister has it, maybe I have it too. Went to the doctor and sure enough, high blood pressure and was scheduled for surgery. And so she came to see me, I'm the alternative doctor, see if there's something she can do in, uh, differently. And so of course I said, uh, as I tell my students, I say, diagnose first, treat second. I said, okay, first, now how was this diagnosed? She said, well, family history, high blood pressure, therefore uh, I got the condition. I said, well, there's a standard blood test you're supposed to run, actually it's a urine test, to make sure that you do indeed have these elevated hormones. And of course I took her blood pressure and indeed her blood pressure was super high. A 30 year old having a blood pressure 160 over 110, that's really abnormal and really um, indicative of a problem. So I ran the test on her and when she came back the next time, you know, this woman came in, you know, kind of an attractive woman, kind of anxious looking. And I looked at her and said, you don't have this condition. Your blood test, test came back normal. And I looked at her, you, see, she, you could just see ah, her whole body kind of relaxed. So I said, okay, so, you know, go back, you know, think about this and come back in a week, we'll see how your blood pressure is doing. Come back in a week and her blood pressure had dropped uh, 75% from normal. Came back two weeks later, her blood pressure was normal. She had believed that she had the condition. She induced it in herself, and her MD was going to take out her kidneys without doing the confirming test, which kind of pissed me off because you, you, know, you want to do confirming tests beforehand. But this is all about the person believing they had the condition and manifesting in their body. That's amazing. How, how about blocked emotions? Uh, that, that's part of what you're talking there, isn't it? Absolutely. Fear. Yes. All, all these things contribute to our ill health. And conversely, if you facilitate your belief in your ability to be healthy, you will be healthier. As I said to my students, uh, so I named um, Bastier after John Bastier, Dr. John Bastier, who was a beloved teacher of mine. And he taught us a lot, but the two, two things he taught us that I always tell my students, 
he said, number one is always touch your patients. Let them know you care. You need to initiate the belief in the healing. And second is always study, always get better. You need to be technically proficient. So Dr. Vastier was really effective with his patients because not only did he diagnose and treat well, but he restored people's belief in their ability to become healthy. Treating the whole person, it all goes back down to that, doesn't it? Absolutely. So currently we farm with chemical fertilizers and pesticides and treat the resulting disease with chemicals in the form of pharmaceuticals. Uh, So chemical and pharmaceutical companies are a big business with money and lobbying power. How do we as individuals implement healthier practices against this kind of opposition? By, by By our everyday choices. Seriously, if you choose to buy organically grown foods, they will have more organically grown foods. If you choose to only... Uh, use healthy beauty aids that don't have poisons in them, we're, only, we're going to have good, healthy, healthy beauty aids. So us as consumers making conscious choices every day. Um, vote with your money, I've heard it said. Vote with your money. Yeah, yeah vote with your money. Um, so if you were to give one word of advice to people living in a toxic environment, um, how? what's the first step for them if they think they're toxic? They're not necessarily mm-hmm. sick, but they think they're toxic um, and want to start turning it around. What's the, the greatest thing they can do at this point? Uh, eat organically grown food. If you want how to start you? right there, just eat organically grown food. Uh, how about GMOs? We haven't talked about those. A little more complex. So the thing about GMOs, and so remember, it's not throw the baby with the bathwater. So the advantage of the GMOs is that it allows to grow more food per acre, and that's that's fine. But the problem is that typically the GMOs were designed to be resistant to glyphosate, and glyphosate is a uh, herbicide that's sprayed on the fields to keep the weeds down. Well, the problem is if you make them resistant to glyphosate, then they use more glyphosate on the fields. And that glyphosate brings with it other toxins, so food that is GMO is more likely to be toxic. Now, I know people are, are concerned about Franken, Frankenstein foods because these weird genetics are the GMOs, and there may be a problem there, I don't know. I'm far more concerned that uh, these GMOs allow a lot more toxic chemicals to be sprayed on the food, and I think that's where the biggest problem is. Well, they have GMOs in some um, organic foods, don't they? Not supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's the key right there. Not supposed to. (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's hard to believe, Joseph, but we're already out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show and all the wonderful work you do in the world. Well, thank you for the invitation, and uh, thank you for what you do as well. I think uh, your message is important. I hope people are listening. Thank you so much. Our guest this hour has been world-leading authority on science-based natural medicine and author of The Toxin Solution, Dr. Joseph Pizarno. His website, drpizarno.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broad Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, 
Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.